Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. This week on Dueling Review, it is Gamma Flight number one from Marvel Comics. Spinning out of the Immortal Hulk, Bruce Banner's Gamma-powered allies go on the run. Gamma Flight had one job, find and stop the Hulk. But when push came to shove, they sided with the Green Goliath, and the human world intends to make them regret it. Puck, Absorbing Man, Titania, Doc Sasquatch, Dr. Charlie McGowan, and a horribly changed Rick Jones are fugitives from every known authority, but a team of full Gamma is bound to break before long. I suppose we should start this show... All, nah. the cool, all the cool people are in the Dueling Review chat, and you can come and join us With Thursday nights. Thursday nights, 8 o'clock p.m. Central Time. If you link your Patreon account to our Discord server, and you have to be one of our patrons, $5 and higher, you will get access to the secret Patreon channels where you can come and listen to us talk about this week. It's Gamma Flight number one. Secret and Patreon. I have not read the uh, Immortal Hulk series from... Uh, Al Ewing, the mm-hmm. super scary one, but you've been a fan of that series uh, oh, since yeah. its run, and it, I think it just came to an end, or is just about to come to an end. It's on its way out, yeah. I think it's going to end with think 50 49 like or something like that. Yeah, 47 or 48 just came out, and 50 is the last one, I ah, would okay. say. There you go. Uh, so you like that series, and so the Hulk has yes. been on the run. Hulk on the run. Hulk oh, on the run. Hulk on the run. Um, but what's the deal? What's the deal with all these other people? What's the deal? I thought Absorbing Man was a uh, was a villain. Well, he was sort of. Um, the thing about the Immortal Hulk is that everybody in it is in a weird situation. So when you see, you know, uh, Puck, of course, is a longtime member of Alpha Flight. Yeah, had just recently been. Yeah, well, that's not Sasquatch. Oh, it's not. Uh, that's that they call him that's Sasquatch. Sasquatch's body. But the mind inside is Doc Sampson. Oh, okay. So here's the thing. Immortal Hulk basically has uh, the premise behind it that any of the gamma mutates can actually travel through what they call the green door, which means you die. Oh, I remember that. But then you come back. No, it's not behind the green door. That's no, 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 no. We reviewed a book. Maybe it was a She-Hulk mm-hmm. book or something where yes. she went into that that uh, weird zone and had to go through a door mm-hmm. and somebody was waiting like the mastermind or somebody was waiting on the other side. Yep. And what had happened was Sasquatch, who, uh, even though he was orange, was a gamma mutate, died. Doc Samson was already died, uh, already dead. And Doc Samson's spirit basically inhabited Sasquatch's body. And uh, at one point, Sasquatch was working for the government and he teamed up with his old pal Puck and then Titania and the Absorbing Man on kind of the uh, uh, the Suicide Squad thing where you work for the government in return for your lesser sentence. Yeah. And, of course, they were sent to hunt down the Hulk. And then they realized that, hey, the Hulk isn't actually the problem. And so they helped the Hulk to escape. And now they're on the run from the government. I see. Uh, and then, of course, Rick Jones, who also, you know, was a gamma mutate died and came back to inhabit somebody else's body. Oh my God. 
horrifying. This by the is way. some Cronenberg level of Craftian horror crap in this it book. Is. Uh, as far as not just um, not with just Rick Jones, but the um, other being that they encounter and they go to try and and rescue or try to help in this issue. Mm-hmm. Just I mean, literally some Cronenbergs just running all throughout this issue. So if you're squeamish about yeah. body horror type stuff, um, that is something to be aware of. But it also mm. seems to be kind of the theme of the issue. Yes, is not because... only not only body dysmorphia and, you know, body horror. But also, um, you know, um, a Doc Sasquatch is like, oh, I, I am in a totally different body and this is weird. That must be weird for you, uh, Dr. Lady, who's all, who's transgender and really messes up that discussion. Yeah. And it was like really uncomfortable, you know, for that uh, kind of thing. Yeah. Hard to believe that Leonard Sampson is a trained psychologist because, yeah, that was that was awkward. And, you know, Dr. Charlene had every right to smack him in the head. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot of it. And it's interesting when you look at this group of people, because Puck uh, is a dwarf. And I don't know if uh, if Puck's height is now, it used to be a curse. But I think at one point they may have retconned the curse to where he actually has a chondroplasia. Mm, where he, okay. you know, he's just a person of small stature. And of course, Crusher Creel is this big uh, goober who was turned into an absorbing man by Loki. Mm -hmm. And so he can mutate his body. And then of course, really the only normal person in the book is the, the raving loon Titania, Titania who will just beat up anything. Yeah. But she's also not, she's also not your, your typical body proportion that you think of with women. Cause she's like seven foot tall and, you know, built like uh, China. And Titania was a tiny little thin girl named Skeeter until Dr. Doom gave her superpowered muscles. Mm, okay. So even Titania has that thing of she started out and then her, her powers kicked in. Was, but the yeah. immortal, was the Immortal Hulk series really about, you know, these kind of body issues kind of things? The Immortal Hulk series is a little different, but it's always been there. I mean, from the very beginning we had some really horrific stuff. And uh, Joe Bennett, who was drawing that book, kind of recalibrated the Hulk from just a big, weird, green baby man to this horrifying, wild-eyed creature, kind of a Mr. Hyde thing going on. Mm -hmm. And he still looked like the Hulk, but there was always something creepy about him. And of course, occasionally, and this is beautiful on Bennett's part, occasionally they'd really creep you out because the Hulk would say something and he'd totally spike the camera. Um, hmm. which is a, a, basically a TV term. If you don't know what that means is he looks directly at the reader. Yeah, so it's called breaking the fourth the, wall. Yeah. He basically looks down the barrel of the, of the camera and looks you right in the eye, the metaphorical camera in this case. But I think that, yeah, this is a continuation of basically kind of the horror tropes, taking that transformation that Bruce Banner has or his multiple personalities, since there are like six or seven, people who live in Bruce Banner's brain and really, really digging into the gross squishy horror bits. And yeah, I just, this I just book kind of ups the ante on that, but yeah, I guess I'm just, I was just really surprised that there is a, you know, body issues is kind of the theme of this issue. And I don't know mm-hmm. if that's, you know, an intentional or unintentional aspect of this. I'm, I'm sure it's intentional, it's intentional. Uh, but uh, yeah, I wasn't really, wasn't really prepared for that. I was, uh, you know, expecting, you know, just your general, we're here to go and do things. Hooray team. Also, we have problems within our team. Boo team. 
Yay, we come together at the end with some big bad thing happening. Conclusion next time, question mark. Um, anyway, I mean, you kind of get that, but you do get to read this on a different level as well, uh, which is nice. Yes. And, you know, if you look at how this issue breaks down, it's interesting that the only person who seems to have their stuff together is Puck. Uh, because, you know, Puck is calming He's trying to keep everything together. You know, Titania's getting angry and Puck's trying to calm her down. The members of the group start fighting. Puck is there. Uh, the weird creature that is a combination of Rick and another glow-in-the-dark green man who is just, like, horrifying with two necks and 14 yeah. heads. And yeah, they can't, they can't play video. They can't play their video yeah. games. He's like, well, let's just watch some TV together then. And, you know, Rick and Dell are trying to come to terms with living in the same body. And then, of course, all heck breaks loose. But it's it's really great to see Puck, who is this long-serving character in the Marvel Universe, like 40 years in the Marvel Universe, as the calming influence of this group of radioactive mutates. When did, Oberon, also, when did Oberon show up over in D.C.? Uh, Oberon is from Mr. Miracle number one back in 72. Mm, okay. Um, but and when did you're Puck probably thinking of his run at justice league international? Well, yeah, uh, but I started with alpha flight in like 82 or 83. Okay. Cause they both kind of serve the same. They both kind of serve the same purpose. I would say that Puck's role in this issue is very similar to Oberon's role in classic JLI. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. But Puck is also, you know, he's one of those guys who's very elastic. He's been all over the place. But yeah, and you know, his creator admitted the only reason that I created this guy was because I wanted to have somebody with a Canadian accent. <laughs> so whenever you read Puck dialogue, you have to read it like this, eh? But uh, uh Sasquatch, is also, about. Sasquatch is also from Canada. Sasquatch, yes, but Sasquatch is from Saskatchewan. And so he doesn't have that that uh, stereotypical accent that people think of. You know, he's he, he's not from Toronto. Oh, but it's he's got that stereotypical Canadian accent like Ashley Victoria Robinson has. Well, yeah, in that she doesn't have one. Uh, well, and of course, Sasquatch in this current form is part Canadian fullback and part uh, nice Jewish brain doctor. So I don't know. Are accents mental? I don't think so. I mean... So let's say if you if you well, are the no, mind of they, Leonard they, Sampson. So yes. So your mind knows how to form mm -hmm. words. So, yes, I would assume that if you moved into a, another body, you would continue to have your your slight drawl, even if you yeah, were in someone else's body. That's just because right, so. if it's if it's truly your mind, uh, mm -hmm. you know, in someone else's body, your mind is controlling your you know, how you pronounce things, how you move things, how your, your lips and everything move unconsciously. So I would assume that would be the case. Okay. I mean, I only know well, that, you, you know, know, I only know these think. things from, you know, like, uh, the man with two brains, um, what was the, <laughs> you know, the, uh, the one where, uh, the guy died uh, where Steve Martin had, uh, Lily Tomlin's Lily Tomlin's yeah. body in there. What was and, that? And, uh, what was the one with, um, the man with two heads, you know, that had uh, oh god, with Rosie football Greer. player with Rosie Greer. <laughs> yes, Ray Meland and Rosie Greer yeah, yeah, yeah. as the man with two heads. Yes, yeah. 
Oh, God, that is some deep cuts right there. <laughs> Doesn't have anything to do with this issue, though, which is actually... No, but let, let us talk about the, the art a little bit, because um, mm -hmm. I thought the story was fine, but the art really is going to take some getting used to, um, just because mm -hmm. of the uh, the Cronenbergs that I was mentioning earlier. Uh, but otherwise, right. I think that the art is pretty solid. I'm not keen on the coloring, because for some reason it has yeah. kind of a colored pencil meets paint kind of look to it. And I'm, and I've seen this before in other comics and I'm not a fan of it. Uh, and that's just me. Now other people may look at the coloring and go, Oh, the coloring is fine. But I, I just, something about it looked flat and off and weird. Maybe that's yeah. also, you know, intentional to go along with, uh, with all the rest of this, this book and story. No, that's a Lionel U thing. And, you know, I've complained about that with Lionel's work going all the way back to when he was on new Avengers. Oh yeah. He also was but, doing, um, the dark tower stuff. Yeah. And Lionel U, I, I honestly think shoots his pencils and then has like digital, either digital pencils or, you know, photographs them digitally. And then the color artist comes in and colors right over the pencils. Mm, yeah. Which is, you know, yeah. it's fine. I mean, it's a, it's a style. It's a I just, I just don't care for the, for the coloring. Yeah. I will say that Lionel is perfect for gross, creepy monster creepies. Mm -hmm. because I've always felt like his faces are disturbing, like more disturbing than Gary Frank, where everybody looks like, you know, the, a Stanley Kubrick slasher villain, mm -hmm. but this is really disturbing. And of course, you know, there's a moment where a full on superhero moment from Crusher Creel, where he puts his hand on a gun and says, I'm going to absorb more than the metal. I'm going to absorb its purpose. And he turns into oh, yeah, to a, a gun machine covered in guns. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like, um, kind of like war machine a little bit. Yeah. And the thing about it, the, you know, that's a new take on absorbing man's powers and absorbing man has been around since the dawn of the Marvel universe. Yeah. I like, and just having that little moment, that little twist, I'm like, gosh, that's well, smart. And, that's and also, so I don't smart. know if this has been done before, but you know, a Titania, you know, proposes to him and gives him an adamantium, uh, ring. Mm -hmm. And what I'm really yep. surprised is why has that not been done before? Why doesn't he have like 10 rings on his hand for anything that he wants to change into? It's a good question. Um, there's another guy in the Marvel universe who does that. His name is fuse, I think. And fuse has piercings all over his body of various metals, right? Which is a really smart take, but you'll notice that, uh, you don't see it much, but when they start fighting, Crusher has his uh, titanium ball and chain in his hand. Mm -hmm. That's his primary absorbing source. He yeah. actually carries a ball and chain yeah. to hit you over the head with it. Yeah. Yeah. Which part of the, part cool. of the wrecking crew. Yeah. Um, that's why. No, that's no, why, no. You're thinking of Thunderbolt. Oh, okay. Uh, but that's why I was really surprised because he's like, look, I got this ring and it's uh, adamantium and I can go against you Cronenberg. And, um, and I was like, wow, this is like really, really smart. And then I was like, why has no one in however many years absorbing man has been around? Why has no one done that gimmick before? And why is that not his thing? And the only thing I can think of is because there's already a villain that has 10 rings. Uh, but well, here's uh, the thing. I'll, I'll tell you why. And this is, this is actually the real reason why this is the metatextual reason why this is one of the first times that crusher Creel has ever been in a protagonist hero role. Mm. He's always been a villain before. And as a villain, you know, villains, you do that thing where they're incredibly powerful, but you have to give them a big weakness. Crusher Creel's weakness is that he's big and dumb and all he does is hit things. So having this now, this is his graduation day to full on 
hero or anti-hero protagonist, whatever you want to call it. Now, if this sticks, we could see a really cool Crusher Creel and Titania running around the Marvel Universe and being like, hey, we're going straight now. Well, and I now mean, I've got 15 rings and one's made of tungsten. Right. And that's, one's you know, made of, he can do all those things. You could have, yeah, you know, one's all, made of radioactive ruthalanium. Yeah. And one's made of, I don't know. Geez. And, you know, if, if Marvel is willing to do a Rogue and Gambit series, why not do a Titania and Absorbing Man? Although that doesn't roll off the off the lips or tongue as easily as and absorbing man as no, uh, Rogue and, and, and Gambit. Well, keep in mind, you know, the She-Hulk series just cast Jamila Jamil as Titania. So this may be the beginning of a new visibility oh, yeah, let's, for Titania. Yeah, let's get this person, this character front and center for everybody. Yep, get her out there, make sure everybody can see her so that when the show comes around. Yeah. What we like to call synergy. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. Um, I thought it was an okay no. book. I don't really, because I don't know enough about the Immortal Hulk series, which I think we're looking at some Immortal Hulk stuff next year on the Major Spoilers podcast. Um, I didn't really know everything that's going on. I was familiar with most of the characters, except for Titania and whoever Rick uh, Rick is merged with, whoever that guy is, John Flay or Faye uh, or whatever. His that name was thinks. like Al or something. Yeah, yeah. I don't know uh, anything now, about Are you that familiar character. with Scar, Son of Hulk? Yes, because uh, the whole Planet Hulk thing revolved around uh, that. And uh, World War mm-hmm. Hulk and all that stuff revolved around that. So, yeah, yep. that is that is Which, not. I mean, that's I'm sure that's a surprise, although it shouldn't have been because, you know, uh, they lampshaded everything about Scar about midway through the book. And then it's like, <laughs> oh, we got to go take care of Cronenberg. And then uh, everyone's like, oh, they're sending a gamma team after Cronenberg. And they're like, I wonder who it could be. And then you turn around and there's Scar all, all like even I think more beefed up than what we've seen him before uh, sitting there going, come along my child, which makes you think that uh, Scar is involved in the uh, process to create the Cronenbergs. Well, he's definitely got some weird, you know, face fingers and Mm -hmm. abomination stuff going on. So Mm -hmm. if this is the Scar that we've seen before, the people who repowered him are the same people who created the Rick Jones hybrid and some of the gross things yeah. that have been running around. So, yeah. So it'd be interesting. What, what did you think? I, I thought it was fine. I thought if, maybe if you're an incredible Hulk fan or a mortal Hulk fan, you probably will dig this. Uh, I don't know if this is, you know, a casual read comic. No, um, I don't know that it's a casual read comic, but it's also one of those books that I think is designed to be, kind of a side note to Immortal Hulk. This is meant to be read alongside or in conjunction with Immortal Hulk. And on that level, I think it works really well. I like it because I really love this dynamic of this group. And I feel like, you know, Al Ewing's take on big, gross, horrific monsters is one of the freshest looks at gamma mutates we've had since, God, I don't know, probably since Gil Kane created the Abomination back in 67. But, yeah, I say it's good. I say pick it up. But I also have been reading Immortal Hulk and can see some, uh, I'm going to say hurdles to I easy mean, adoption. To, be, picking it up to be honest, and this is the reason why I really, really like what Marvel does to try to keep people in the loop, is the inside front cover previously in. I read that and right. I was like, okay, cool. This tells me everything I need to know. Now, I don't know why. Uh, you know, Dax, Doc Sasquatch is suddenly green, although they kind of explain it a little bit in there. Why is why is Rick a Cronenberg? They kind of explain that in there. Uh, so they kind of, you know, it, 
I wouldn't say it's it's 100% new reader friendly, but if you have a passing knowledge of just even the names of who these people are, I think you're going to be fine. But I still don't, I mean, I, I still don't recommend this if you're a new reader to the series. Yeah. I would say this is probably not the best place to start, but I would also say go read Incredible Hulk, or excuse me, go Incredible. read Immortal Hulk. Yeah. Because it's so good. Yep. And I feel like it'll lead you here and you'll be like, oh, you'll be able to read this with new eyes and go, mm -hmm. gosh. We ended up with Gamma Flight number one in a very close race with Wonder Woman um, Black and Gold this week. Right. But uh, the Gamma Flight won out because <laughs> you know, of our. Yeah, I know, right? Uh, because of our dear, 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 dear listeners like you. That is true. All of our listeners went to the patron, all of them, every last one well, of them. I, 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 I don't, I don't think they did because the vote would be much, much higher than it was. Okay. So 20 or 30 of our, our um, patrons. Yeah. Our come listeners. on. You're being a little bit generous there. 17 of our friends. 17 went to our of our patron. friends. Patreon.com forward slash major spoilers. They looked at the list of comics. They said, we want to hear Stephen and Matthew rant about gross green flibby dibbies. And because they did that, we are here for Gamma Flight, number one. And next week, we'll be back for something different because Stephen's going to read you a list of books that you can pick from. That's right. Coming out next week from Poom Studios, we have Buffy the Vampire Slayer Tea Time, number one. I think this is the uh, the Giles um, uh, series. Also, we get Spectre. Is that the one where he has coffee with that girl every morning for a year? And then it's like. Yes, exactly. That's why it's called Tea Time. Uh, Spectre Inspectors number five arrives next week, as does We Only Find Them When They're Dead number seven. Dark Horse Comics has Art of Arkham Horror Hardcover, $39.99. I kind of want to get that book. I'm hoping that Dark Horse sends us a, a preview of it because the art in the Arkham Horror games is just fantastic. Uh, yeah. So definitely, if you are a fan of the Arkham Horror game series, then you might want to pick that up if, if you love the art. Also, Para, Parasomnia number one kicks off at Dark Horse Comics, as does That's Witcher, which is Lamit number two. Uh, Dynamite Lives number one arrives from Dynamite Entertainment, as does Sonya Versal number five and Vampirilla number 21. IDW Publishing next week. Canto in the City of Giants number three, the final issue there. My Little Pony Transformers two number three. Now, the My Little Pony series is uh, Friendship is Magic is coming to an end, but it's being replaced with My Little Pony Generations, which brings the current uh, My Little Ponies face-to-face uh, -face with their you know 80s uh, counterparts, and they go on adventures together. Ah, friendship really is magic. Transformers Beast Wars number five arrives next week. Over at Image Comics, we have Department of Truth number 10, Spawn 319, uh, The Walking Dead Deluxe uh, issues 7 through 12 all get second printings, and Two Moons number 5. Marvel Comics next week has Black Cat Annual number 1, Black Widow number 8, Daredevil 31, Shang-Chi number 2, Star Wars Doctor Aphra number 11, and United States of Captain America number 1. Also, let's throw in some X-Men love. Some X-Factor number 10 arrives next week. In all the rest category, we have Barbaric number one. We have Autumnal number eight, Blade Runner 2029 number five, Darling number one, Gung Ho Anger number two. Matthew, I know you enjoyed the first uh, series of Gung Ho. We have Jungle yeah, Fantasy I, I Fauna. I love Michael Keaton. He's wonderful. Yes. Uh, Jungle Fantasy Fauna number one coming in with how many covers, Matthew? 12. No. 14. No. 17. More. 21. No, too much. 18. I think, wow. I think whatever company does these, um, you know, puts out nine, I don't know. They're all, 
nude nude variants uh, covers. But I think they they try to do the the nude and then the fully nude or less nude covers so that they have exactly nine uh, each time. So I'm going to guess that that is their thing is 18, 18 variants each week. Oh, here you go, Matthew. I know you're looking forward to this one. Oh, mm-hmm. ladies and gentlemen, if you want to annoy Matthew to no end, yeah. Mighty Crusaders one shot the shield from Rob Liefeld. Woo. Also, <laughs> this is originally, I don't mean to laugh. I'm sorry. But Mighty Crusaders one shot the shield was supposed originally supposed to be written and drawn by Rob Liefeld. And mm-hmm. then like a month ago, they're like, oh, yeah, we've got another writer coming in on this. Uh, Money Shot number 12, <laughs> Nightmares of Providence number one, Red Room number two, Street Fighter 2021, Sci Fi Fantasy Red Special Room. number one. Red Room. Red and Red let's Room. see, you also, you promised me Darkness number three arrives next week. So what's it going to be, dear listeners? That's up to you to decide. Head over to patreon.com slash major spoilers. Look for next week, June 30th, 2021. Let us know what you want us to uh, read. We're going to close the voting on Saturday night. And then we'll be back next week, and maybe you will get to hear Matthew say, Red Room! Red Room! This podcast is copyright 2021 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC.